Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, thank you for joining our party. It is our power party. Hello to our partners. This is our informational playground. It's called Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we're brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And you will be empowered and motivated and encouraged, inspired, and we're going to catapult you to reaching for the stars. So sit back, grab a cup of iced tea because it's hot outside, (laughs) and turn up the volume. Well, um, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. Uh, Going into its 18th year, founded in 1999. You can find more information at bethestarur.org. And this is from Albert Einstein. Life is like riding a bicycle. You keep your balance only when you keep moving. So that's a that's kind of a good one. You have to you in order to stay on the right track, you just have to keep going, right? Yeah. Well, in today's show, we're going to be talking about some things that I think they're important to everything. Number one, and uh, we'll go from back to front, in our third segment, uh, getting healthier can actually contribute to your bottom line financially. And I think this is some new scientific evidence. It sounds interesting. So we're going to learn some smart ways to save more money and improve your well-being. And then in segment two, we're talking about memory. And how to increase your social skills, you know, by like remembering people's names, which I always have a hard time. You know, everybody I think is prone to forgetting a few things. But there's some simple techniques that will help you to remember. And so there's just going to be the memory boosters. But right now, we're talking about BFFs and health matters. Because the new research is showing that having long-term, real, solid friendships lead us to happier, healthier, and less stressful lives. It helps us overcome illnesses and tragedies faster. So I know that for me, you know, it's I don't have to see them all the time, but just knowing that I have my my best friends around to support me gives me a feeling of support. So, Heather, give us some of the background on this new research. 
Yeah, well, lots of research has actually shown that support groups and good friends are all, excuse me, good health are all connected. And having those social groups, I mean, as humans, people always think, you know, they love solitude, and, and that is, we do need our space, but we really are meant to have companions. We are mammals. We are people who need other people. That's what they say. It takes a village. It takes a community to grow. Good friends can actually help you live longer, potentially. And as you were saying, that research showed that um, they did a case study of about 1,500 people 10 years or older, and they found that the larger the network of friends that people had, um, they tend to live about 20% longer. And now a lot of people think, you know, having really good friends can also lead to bad decisions that they, you know, you might uh, smoke with your friends or drink with your friends or take more risks with your friends, but they also may combat off depression, um, help you with guidance, emotional help that's with it, as well as things that might get you to get outside of your comfort zone, may allow you to, you know, express yourself more. Um, One thing first is anxiety. Anxiety gets blocked out. Um, Having supportive friends helps your whole body just release from stress. So just think about, you know, in times that you feel really overwhelmed about something, having someone there, and especially someone that you feel uh, you can trust in, that confidence, someone that you've established a really strong relationship, is different than family. As we know that we can have really, really close ties and bonds with family members, but there's certain things of people that are non-blood related, even though they may feel over time that they become almost that um, I love you so much, says my sister, that they feel more like family um, than they are. But there is there is something that feels very trusting of someone that does not have that pure relationship to you um, as a family member. And just think of how that calmingness when someone's where, there with you. <laughs> Excuse me. When someone's there with you, um, and there actually the science shows that it actually triggers things in your brain um, that kind of allows us to feel that less sense of danger and more calmness. Other things, of, think about, you know, there's always those metaphors about, you know, getting to the top of the mountain now, you know, this, oh, this one feels like a mountain, or this one just feels like a molehole, these little hurdles we have to travel through in life. And they did studies of showing that when people were put at the bottom of a hill and they were told to look up at the, at the hill, at the top, the top seemed so much higher when they were alone on them, uh, with them, just themselves, left to walk to the top of the hill, versus when they were walking with someone else. And even though they were the exact same hill or they were the exact same height, um, there is that something that when we have that sense of teammate with us, um, that we feel like we can accomplish something. That's just like why people have running partners, someone to kind of push them a little bit further and makes it, seem, you know, less challenging. That's why group fitness has been... Well, and just people that keep you accountable, right? I mean, that's what really friends do. And, you know, and and saying how friends are healthier for you in those ways is that people a lot of times will make healthier decisions with friends. Just as speaking as someone who taught, you know, group uh, fitness... At my first class that I went to, I went with a friend because I would have never gone in there by myself because it seemed intimidating. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what it was going to be like. But there's that thing of having a friend uh, that you feel if, you know, if you both fall and fail, you'll, you'll be together, that it's not, it's not as scary. It, again, it takes away that blow, that fear. Um, and then over time, you start building um, – excuse me, building and connecting other friendships within those other groups. And, and that's what I was getting to, that uh, group fitness is so successful because people feel that other people are accountable and they feel that this is 
a comfort zone, that we're all in this together, the kind of teamworkness. Um, and that's the same with friends. They make it seem so that, you know, you can accomplish this and that you feel like you don't want to let the other person down. Um, yeah, so another thing is good moods. Good mood is contagious. Fake it till you make it. You know that a lot of times we mirror people. If you ever listen, you know, if you're someone in the grocery store starts to whisper to you, you'll realize that you, when you talk back to them, you start to whisper too. When someone's yelling, you yell too. There's, or if someone instantly kind of has this grumpy, aggressive, it kind of, you kind of get a little in that way too. It's, we have this great thing as well. If someone is smiling a lot, you tend to go, wow, like what is making this person smile? Before you know it, you start feeling happier and feeling better. Smiling and happiness is a contagious thing. Just as just as being grumpy can be, you can flip that, turn that frown upside down, make it into a big smile. And where uh, scientists got their actual scientific uh, data behind this is they did data from about nearly five thousand adults, excuse me, who um, participated in a Harvard study, or excuse me, a heart study, um, to show what it was like being around positive peers and. That same thing that they did, uh, Neuroway's brain testing on these people and seeing that when people were smiling at them, they felt that internal energy, that they felt that kind of smile from the inside. So I know for myself, a lot of times I might be feeling really down, but when I get together with a friend, before you know if you've ever had those times, uh, you know, when someone's leaving and you say, you know, it's so good that I saw you. I'm so happy we did this today. That sort of you having that recheck in with yourself that you really do feel that appreciation. Friends... And, it, you know, friends and can be close of it, but those people that we have that best friend relationship uh, with, and you can have many best friends and it can be on all different levels, but it inside it really does um, satisfy us in that emotional way. And as we know, our emotions lead us into so many other things. It affects our overall balance of just as you got into the day uh, early about staying balanced and staying moving, um, same point with friendships that, you know, there's, just as with friendships with these people that you care so much about, um, when you're upset with them, that that can have that detriment on you too. So um, it's amazing to have these friendships that you know we establish on our um, outside of our family life um, that really bring to uh, self happiness within. And then, well, you know life. what I really think too is so important is the fact that. Um, when you have a really good friend, I mean, someone who really is a true blue friend, you share both your happiness and your sorrows with them. So, you know, when you have good news, you just can't wait to call your friend and share it. And you just know they're going to be as happy as you are. And then when you're having a tough time, you know that they're going to be there to listen. And whether they can offer advice or not, that's not the point. It's just sometimes having somebody to be there and listen to you. You know, that really that really yeah, helps. And, so. and that's actually uh, one of the final studies. It's just showing that um, loss is something that, you know, your best friends can have. With that, again, helping you ease the blow. We just recently, we had friends over at our house, and uh, they were over at the house, and a phone call, they received a phone call saying that one of their grandparents had passed away. And, you know, in those moments when you just have to, you know, process something so quickly, um, the next day when we were talking, you know, we just instantly just wanted to surround them with love and, you know, what, you know, there's sometimes, it isn't even saying anything, it's just allowing them to kind of have these grooving moments. And one of the friends the next day just said, you know, thank you so much, like having you guys there, it, you know, we would have been so lost if it, we had just been on our own. There's just something of having friends there that um, kind of put yourself at ease. And studies have shown, too, that especially for um, women that have tend to outlive men, 
excuse me, women who have tend to outlive uh, men, at older uh, stage in their life when they lose their significant others, having a, a good and balanced and well-supportive friend group kept these people alive longer. And I could speak for that of with our grandmother. She, um, you know, losing uh, her husband with early 50s, 60s, or late 50s, Right, 60s, yeah. Um, right. That now she's into her late 80s, and she is such a, you know, so moxie, such a woman on the go, but she has such, such great family all around her, but she's constantly doing things with her friends, and she's got some really great friends, and they're always, you know, everyone's kind of out on the go, and I think that's made her live, that's made her live longer, too. And we know that, you know, people can choose to get older, and this kind of slow down. But our friends, and I think that's a big thing of it, too, is that, you know, we fake it till we make it. We find that positive energy. But having people that we enjoy being around, that we feel supportive and, and loved by, um, that we tend to do more things. We want to live a more active life. So overall, just having those best friends, it affects you more than just in that friendship way. It, you know, it's going to affect you in your health ways. Actually, potentially, it could get you, you know, exercising, your emotional status, and Everything else that comes with things, just as you're saying, having positive friendships in our life um, creates that balance. And we've spoken before on other T for Twos about toxic friends and how you, you know, how negatively having people that we call, quote unquote, our friends that are more frenemies or people that we care for, um, but yet don't seem to re, uh, be giving that equal amount of love back to us that, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, just bad, not good friends how that has such a bad detriment on our health. So getting, you know, time, there's always time to do summer cleaning and reflection, and I think is a good time of really just surrounding yourself with love. And uh, I think for me personally in this past year of, of going through uh, so much loss that our families experienced, um, I feel so blessed that uh, I have such wonderful friends uh, that surround around me, and I feel, I feel that thing that my friends in hard times um, have always kind of lifted me back up. So um, I think, yeah, BFFs are for all world, for all around health is what I want right. to say. Well, you know, the other thing I wanted to add is I often think about uh, celebrities and friendships. And you sometimes you read, you know, because when you're looking at celebrities, so often you're, you know, they, celebrities seem to hang out with other celebrities and marry other celebrities and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But every once in a while, you start reading about their friendships. And what you find out is that the ones that really, really um, have, uh, have long-term friends, you know, like from childhood, they seem to be the happiest and the most well-adjusted. You yeah. know, be- because they know that those friends, those friends are the real McCoy. They're not after anything. You know, they just, they know them for who they are. And, you know, it's interesting because everyone is just a person. But so many people can have, you know, you can have friends that you've known for most of your life. I mean, my, my, um, my very, very best friends are from my first day at college, you know, so that's kind of a interesting, an interesting thing. And we're still best friends. And then I have, I have another best friend um, that was like right from the beginning of when I first started modeling. And so it's interesting how you yes. different people and, and a lot of people come to you at different times in your life and they might be really, really good friends, but I definitely... I definitely differentiate between friends and acquaintances. I think you probably do as well. 100%. And, you know, as you grow older, 
uh, just like all things that, you know, at a younger age, it's establishing just the concept of friends, and it's the more the merrier. But over time, you know, as people move, there's just, you know, your friend groups begin to get smaller, and it's not that you're right. losing friends, it's just people move, people lose touch. Um, but well, and things are, change. Know, yeah, things change. And yeah, then as people, you know, we change. And I think that's something you count is that it's okay, too, if, you know, sometimes people feel bad about, you know, being people that they used to be close back with or, or that now they're, you know, someone new is coming in their life and this person that they feel closer with this person than maybe a, a quote-unquote best friend before. Is that okay? Because ever I think for me, especially all the the people in my the the friends in my life that I would consider some of my best and closest friends, um, for the most part, have all been in different stages and different times and things in my life. And yet, uh, a lot of us all live in different places. We're still all so close, and it's all on this this different level. Now that you know, the friends have become friends. Um, but to me, I feel like that's just part of the process, and it's great having these people that know you um, at these different times in your life and as these different things, and I think that's why, exactly. you know, it's good to have that almost that diversity of someone that we can turn to for particular things that we know that particular person really understands what you're going through. You, know? you just brought because, up a really good uh, point, too, that I think is important that people understand is that people come into our lives at different points of our lives and for different reasons. And what I've also often found is some people come in and you have a, you know, a really good relationship for, with them for a certain amount of time and then they're out of your life and it's not because you don't like them or whatever but something has changed and they've moved on or they might have moved away or something and it, I, again I think that's and that's okay too so uh, certain people will be in your life forever other people may not so just enjoy the moment just enjoy it while you can and know that having friends at all is uh, is really crucial to our well-being I, that to me is an important an important part of friendship. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things, it's, it's kind of interesting that for one of our punishments uh, in regards to, you know, our jailing system is um, solitary, to be confined, and that's, you know, without social interaction. I mean, that really yeah. is, as I said, that we are, we need other interactions as much as, you know, we want. Otherwise, you know, otherwise people, that is why people can become those crazy people in the woods when you're all by yourself for so long. We do need, we need other people around us. We need social connections. Um, that is just because we're animals, we're mammals. We are social characters speaking with. And there is just something very emotionally fulfilling. Um, and we know that, you know, when your emotions, when you are all balanced out, balance seems to be, you know, the, the key of the show today um, is that, that everything else is well-rounded, and that works into all stages of our of our life and everything going on. Um, that you know, we need those we need those powerful connections, and just as we said, is with the, I think particular best friends. It's okay to have one, just them. It's okay to have many, um, and it's okay to you know at certain times have a deeper connection with certain ones or you know, reach out to one friend, you know, regarding something um, and uh, over another because you're reaching out something internally-wise is that you feel that connection, that that one person, um, you feel that this is something they can relate to or you feel that they're most trusted with it. And it's okay to have these really deep connections with people 
on different levels, that they don't have to be equal to one another as well. And that will kind of put your mind at ease as well, too, it's kind of just giving that overall well-balanced mental health of having good friendships in your life. That just really, you just really hit a chord with I didn't, hadn't really put that together about being in solitary confinement and how detrimental that really could be to your mental health. Uh, that's very, that's really an interesting Interesting thought. I'm going to have to. Um, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. No, seriously, because you're right. Is that needing social? You know, maybe to have a mentor or somebody to help you to get on the right track. That would be very useful. But if you're in solitary confinement, you have no opportunity, right? To uh, mm-hmm. to have anybody that is going to guide you or be on your side or listen to you. So that would kind of that would make you crazy. I mean, as much as we all yeah, need I mean, solitude. Well, there's various reasons that people get put into it, and it's because they're being dangerous or whatever. But right, there right. A, I mean, that we view that that we've established that that's a punishment to be taken away from other from to have no social, to not be able to socially interact. That it's just quiet and just you and yes um yes. and that's you know and to have no other people to talk to and that for people it becomes alarming and it, it's it's a form of punishment it's just like you know when a kid is bad and you say go sit go in to your room by yourself you know when they're taken away that they want social interaction we need other people around us it's just an, a natural thing and that's why it feels like punishment when we're taken away so well, be grateful for your friends. Cultivate your friends. Uh, you know, make sure to do lots of positive things with your friends. And to have a friend, you have to be a friend. So that really means that you need to be able to listen to other people and not to just use your friends as sounding boards when you when you have to complain or blame or, you know, something like that. Use them for, you know, be, be uh, proactive and interactive with your friends for everything so that's a that's a good one well heather a very good segment go ahead and give out the websites most definitely we want you to go to be the star you are.com as well oh, no excuse me be the star you are.org as well as star style uh star style radio.net you got it that's great okay so when we come back from break we're going to be uh, talking about how not to forget me not it's going to be some memory techniques some tips some strategies oh, i could use that a minute ago yeah, <laughs> I think I can use it all the time. You know, I think we can all use it, especially when we get really busy or stressed or ha- we're or we're out of balance and we have too many things going on in our lives. It's like, oh my gosh, well, you know, where did I put my keys? Uh, kind of the keys to my life. Okay, <laughs> you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and I'll be right back with you. Don't go away. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, 
leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out Well, we're back with you. I am Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you on the Voice American Network, the Empowerment Channel, and yes, indeedy, we are live. If you want more information about Be the Star You Are, that we will... Um, that brings you this radio show as well as our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio. You can visit bethestarur.org. Also visit btsya.org. There's a lot of information, the book reviews that the kids write, and um, all the different articles that have been published. We have a whole thing that's called, that's called In the News and Talk and uh, Blogs. So there's lots of lots of information. And, of course, to keep on top of what's happening with the radio shows, just go to StarStyleRadio.com and you can find both Express Yourself Teen Radio and Star Style Radio and links right here to the Voice America Network. So you can, you'll always, always be uh, in tune and in touch with what's happening as we uh, encourage and inspire you. And, of course, we want to empower you every single day. So I thought this would be a really good topic because when I'm working with clients a lot, people will say, gosh, I forgot that. Or, you know, I have such a hard time remembering names. So I can put faces together, but I can't really put the face and the name together. So I thought, well, we should talk about some memory techniques and uh, some tips and some strategies. And I probably should get one of our authors back on the show again who he has a, he really does have a photographic memory and he actually has a lot of tips about, uh, about how to um, increase your memory. But, you know, a trained and powerful memory is composed of very crisp thoughts and sharp images and that's tied together by imagination. So remembering is a skill. It's just like reading. So it's just like thinking. It's just like talking. But it's unique in that all of these other abilities are based on memory. So in fact, you can enhance and accelerate all of your other business and social skills simply by improving your memory. So improving your memory 
it really needs to be at the top of your list. And just as you're getting older, I know people are always saying, oh, gosh, you know, I must have dementia or something. And that's, I mean, it's obviously possible for some people. But the majority of us, we just haven't exercised that part of our brain enough to get our, us, um, our memory kind of activated so that we can remember simple things. So these memory techniques, these tips and strategies really are highly effective. They are time-tested and they're easy to use and they are proven to work. So you'll probably be very pleasantly surprised about how they work. Now they were designed by um, Frank Felderbaum who is the president of Memory Training Systems. He is also the author of the book, The Business of Memory. And um, so it's, I think you can pick up a copy of that or find it online if, um, if you want to look more into this. But I'm going to give you kind of the, the uh, cheat sheet on what it, you need to do so that you can forget me not. So concentration is the number one key. It's the very first threshold to a trained and active memory. Now, in order to focus on specific types of information, and that specific types could be names, facts, numbers, dates. You have to have a sustained level of engagement. That focus is going to help you operate at your top performance level. Now, the primary reason that we all get distracted, I mean, and we all get distracted, um, and we lose our ability to pay attention, is because we separate the use of our eyes and the use of our mind. And when they're not working together as a team, we really can't concentrate at all. And remember, you know, memory is really all pictures. It's all, it's, it's all in our training of putting the pictures together. So a technique to raise your span of concentration is to exercise with a simple design that they call a Mandela. Now, that originated centuries ago. Uh, Mandelas have been used in art and in architecture, and they always include a circular central area. So each morning and afternoon, simply focus on an area for two minutes and keep your eyes and mind directed to the target. So make this circle and focus on it. Now, this is something that we actually do in our acting classes when we are um, looking how to act on camera and we have to interact with the camera but we don't have a camera there to interact with we will find a spot on the wall and we will focus on that spot completely and a hundred percent and then your mind and your eyes are directed in one place and you'll actually start seeing the pictures in your mind so in and very a, a lot of memory workshops conducted over five years what participants have reported is that it increases their concentration level by about 25% after practicing this very, very focused exercise. And how it works is because it quiets that inner noise in your mind, it centers your attention, and it reduces the input of all your senses to one single point, and it enables you to reconnect your eyes and your mind. So if you, you, know, if you don't know what a Mandela is, just, you know, uh, do a good search for it. Hey, and by the way, if you're going to use good search, that's what I use to do all of my searches. You, a uh, good search is great because it donates. Um, well, it's only pennies, but it donates pennies to charities of your choice, and you can actually choose 
be the star you are as one of yours. It does take forever to get even a $5 donation, <laughs> as you can imagine, because I think they donate, I don't know, one-tenth of a penny for every search or something. But, you know, it makes you kind of feel good that you're donating to charity while you're searching. But it, just search for a Mandela on the Internet, and you can find it on calendars. You can find it in uh, books. Uh, or go to your library and ask the librarian if they can find something, a Mandela, for you. Now, let's kind of focus right now on names and faces. So now, we've all been in those situations when we draw a blank, and we just can't recall the name of a friend, an acquaintance, or a business associate. I mean, sometimes, you know, when we're really having a bad day, we can't even recall the name of our spouse or our partner, <laughs> and we're like, yes, now, what was your name? And I say that in jest, but it has happened, so we don't want that to happen. Now, most of us can remember or recognize uh, the faces of people we've met, but often we have a really a, a lot of difficulty in connecting the correct name with that face. And the reason that we can't connect the name and the face is that we remember what we see better than what we hear. So this technique is going to enable you to process and recall the name and the face of anyone you'll meet. So... The first thing when you meet a new person is to observe and analyze that face. I mean, really look at the face. Concentrate and choose a strong or unique feature. Now, um, that doesn't mean if they have a big nose just to look at their nose or, you know, if they have droopy ears or ears that stick out, you know, like Mickey Mouse or a monkey to look at that. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. But maybe, you know, maybe it's their eyes. You know, maybe they have they have a pretty smile, you know, something like that. But concentrate and choose a feature that you're going to really associate with this person. Then listen to and focus on the surname. So when they say their name, you know, listen to it and focus on it. And find a visual meaning or an image based on the sound of that name. So um, I know that sounds like a lot of work because you're meeting somebody for the first time. But what I normally do when I meet somebody is um, I've always been told that if you repeat their name three times in a sentence while you're looking at them and associating their face with something, then you're not going to forget their name. So if you attach the name imagery to that facial feature kind of in a story, so let's just say they're talking to you about Paw Patrol uh, and, you know, talking to you about their, their dogs and how their dogs are in, your, in their gardens and, you know, they're digging up their plants and so you're trying to respect their boundaries. So when you're talking to them, associate that person with the dog and then keep thinking, okay, would my dog be sad? You know, looking at their eyes, whatever. So then you can now connect that first name plus that added key information to the person. And hopefully you'll be able to put the person, the scenario that you were in, talking about your dog, and their face and their name together. So that is another technique. The next technique is called the Casablanca technique. And that's um, if you're trying to recall the name of a business associate, maybe an old friend from school, or even the name of a company you did business with in the past, it's really on the tip of your tongue, and you know you've got it. You just can't quite retrieve it. So what can you do? 
So one method is to round up the usual suspects, right? That's where the Casablanca comes in. Let's just round up the usual suspects. And that would might be just drawing a circle on a piece of paper or on the computer screen with a question mark in the middle. And then draw lines radiating out from the center with a series of questions on each line like, where did we meet? Who else was there? What was he or she wearing? Did they have any outstanding or striking facial features? Remember, we were talking about that right a second ago. What was the purpose of the meeting? You know, like we were talking about dogs. And the method of thinking around the lost or missing information is similar to what you would do if you were looking for a misplaced item at your home or your office. So that's one method. Now, a method that I actually prefer and I think it's easier than some of these methods that have you doing all these exercises is just to be still for a moment and uh, indulge in another activity. For me, uh, when I am at a loss of a name or an address or even something that I have lost uh, that I can't seem to, I know it's not lost, I'm just not sure where it is, I find that if I clear my mind and clear the clutter and get out of the situation where I am and just go outside and whether it's taking a walk or, you know, looking at a tree or listening to the birds, all of a sudden it just pops right back into my head of where it is. So to me, that's an easier way than, you know, writing down all these questions and asking myself that, although both techniques have been shown to work really well. Now, the final uh, thing is called the memory palace technique. And it is, if you are going to give a speech, let's say, you know, you, or you have to give a talk somewhere, and um, you have to do your presentation without notes, well, once you've prepared your talk, you want to organize it into five to ten key points for every part of your presentation. And you always arrive early wherever it is you're going to be speaking because when you arrive early um, at the venue, you're going to be able to see what the venue's like and there aren't going to be any surprises. It's, there's nothing worse than uh, arriving someplace where you are late and you're in the car and you're stressing that you're going to miss your appointment, miss your speech or whatever it is. And then you get there, you're out of breath, you're rumpled, you're stinky, you need a drink of water, you have to go to the bathroom, all those things. <laughs> so you want to arrive early. And, then, and if you can get there before people are there, then you can go up to the podium and you can choose five to ten objects in the room that you can see easily and then visually connect each of your key points to one of those objects working from left to right or from ceiling to floor. And now, many people, obviously, when you're they're speaking, they're using PowerPoints, and they might use the PowerPoint as their, their list, but I just think that it's easier. I don't like to depend on PowerPoint when I uh, give a presentation, and I don't like to, to depend on notes. But just having points, you know, a few points of where I'm going will remind me of what stories that I'm going to tell and how I'm going to get there. So... Remember that memory is a process, and if you control that process, you will control your memory, and it's just like, uh, like learning to ride a bike, as we were talking at the top of the hour, is the more you do it, the better you'll be, and your balance is going to be determined 
by how comfortable you are. And so practice, practice, practice. So the next time you go to a meeting where there are people that you do not know, when you walk in, make sure to introduce yourself to one person and repeat his or her name three times and associate the name with where you are. Find a special feature of them that you really can remember and use their name in a sentence three times so that you will remember it. Uh, another technique I use for remembering things is I have a large database of people and I like to uh, keep notes in the database about the person of where I met them, what their personality was like, what are some of the things that they like. And so um, it really that really helps spark me if for some reason I think that I can't remember somebody, all I have to do is go to my database and you know, I will figure it out because if I put down that they're a contractor or they're an engineer or that they're an electrician, whatever it is, those people will come up and then all of a sudden I will be able to find the person I'm hunting for. So those are some tips for you. Memory techniques, tips and strategies for get me not. Let's boost your memory quotient and I think you will be much happier and your business will succeed much rapider. So much more rapidly, I should say. What, what a, that was very poor English. When we come back from break, we are going to be talking about how getting healthy can help you get wealthy. So stay with me. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And I'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Are you passionate about your business? If not, why not? People who are using their passion to run their businesses are happier, more fun-loving, and have less stress and more excitement about life. Do you know how to turn your passions into profits? First of all, write down what you love to do. Don't worry if it seems wild, crazy, or impossible. Just dream the dream. Then write the plan. Now eliminate the naysayers in your life. All you need is one honest, supportive person who can be your cheerleader. Then go into action to get the skills you need. It's important to believe in yourself and all the possibilities. If you're having fun, others will too. And with enough patience, courage, and perseverance, the profits will come rolling in and you'll feel alive because you have discovered your passion. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. You have the power to turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com and that's Brian with an I or call our offices 925-377-STAR. That's 925 925- Three seven 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 eight two seven. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over two hundred twenty-five billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. 
A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 Be the Dare to care You are the star Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Power party! Yay! I love summer. It's all about parties. I mean, outdoor parties mostly, right? Um, unless you're in Arizona where it's 120 and that's where my engineer, Matt, is. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine it being that hard. I think it's hot here in uh, California and here in the northern part of California where I am right now, it's almost 100 today. So you do want to be near a pool or under a tree or, you know, have air conditioning if you're a kind of person that likes air conditioning. Let's talk about how our health can actually help our wealth. There's a lot of new studies about that. So there, uh, I was reading Money um, Money Magazine, and I really do like that magazine. And they had a fantastic article in it that was talking about how the healthier you are, it really does contribute to your bottom line financially. So we're, we're going to talk about some of these tips that can really pay off for you, whether it's watching your weight, you know, whether it's uh, getting a good night's sleep, whether it's keeping stress in check, what's good for your body is also good for your finances. So there, there are a few um, tips that are going to really be helpful to your well-being, and I just found them uh, rather enlightening, and I really think that you will too. And so I think that our challenge for today is to see how many of these tips you already are incorporating into your life because the more that you can incorporate, the you know the bigger your bank account is going to be. Because when you think about money, how well you slept last night or how often you uh, exercise is probably not at the top of your list. But you know what? It's time to think again because research is pointing to a connection between health and finances. Now, obviously. Some of it is really, really obvious. It's like if you smoke, you're going to spend thousands of dollars a year on cigarettes. If you struggle with your weight, you're probably more likely to have all kinds of chronic conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, you know, things that are going to lead to higher long-term medical bills, and that leaves you less money for now and for the later years. But other connections are probably more surprising. I was talking about a, a good night's sleep, and Heather and I talk about this quite often because by getting a full eight hours of sleep, it's actually been linked to 5% higher pay. Regular exercise fattens paychecks by 7 to 12%. It's 
that you know I found that just fascinating. Take charge of your body, and it's going to have more of an impact than you would think on your finances, your psyche, and your overall quality of life. Now, when you're fit and healthy, you cut your health care costs. Yeah, that makes sense, right? You raise your game at work, and you inst- you can stay employed longer, which is a boon to your retirement savings. A um, uh, Carolyn McClanahan, who is a physician and a financial planner, works well-being into her financial plans. And what she does is she tells clients how improving their health can boost their bottom line, whether that's losing weight to save on life insurance or managing a chronic illness to avoid a costly hospitalization. And the interesting thing is, is if you show people that it's attached to money, you know, how they can make more money, they actually might change. Now, your employer may show you the money too if you try to quit smoking, if you eat better, if you lose weight, or even more. There was a study in 2016 by the National Business Group on health and um, and fidelity investments. So that's two different fidelity investments in the National Business Group on health. And what it found is that 84% of companies plan to continue or expand workplace wellness programs over the next few years. Now, you can earn an average about $650 for taking part, plus you may get access to free or low-cost coaching and classes. So what's happening is companies are beginning to look at investments in employee well-being the same way as they looked at investments in training them in their jobs or training them for safety. So I think that was a really a very um, valuable a valuable thing to uh, look at. Now here are some things that really can pay off. So if you go to a gym or you exercise, exercising is going to protect you from numerous costly ailments, from diabetes to stroke, um, and most of them have lasting, unexpected benefits. Studies show that. Midlife fitness leads not only to lower medical costs, but also to bigger nest eggs. And they had several different um, graphs, et cetera, in there. And, for example, if poor health could force you to retire sooner than you would like, if there were 24% of people who retired before the age of 65 because of poor health. Now, workers who who actually um, were exercising had they didn't retire there were 69% that waited and that I think is a really big a really you know that's quite a big difference so uh, getting some exercise is one of the ways that you can uh, boost your bottom line and how much exercise you need you know it's kind of simple they say 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 minutes of intense physical activity a week or a combo of both with some strength training at least two d- days a week. And that's recommended by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And you can start, you're doing this at the office. A lot of the employers are offering physical activity programs or challenges and Oh, many uh, many offices even have you know exercise or gyms or some kind of thing right there. So help with paying for. There's no shortage of ways to spend money on working out, from gym memberships to high tech shoes or a personal trainer. And some people benefit from the accountability of having a trainer. So that might be worth the money. But what's not worth the money? 
you don't need to buy, you know, that $3,000 universal gym. Uh, you don't need to buy kettlebells and stability balls and suspension trainers and all those. I mean, those things are never going to break down. And they, they don't take up a, a whole lot of space. But are they worth the money? Wearable devices can be helpful if they spark an exercise habit. But you don't really need to have the fancy models, and nor do you need to have the equipment that's just going to take up a lot of room. But slimming down to save, when you're carrying extra pounds, the extra expenses add up starting with health care. In a 2013 Duke study, researchers tracked health care spending by body mass index levels, and the average annual cost for a person with a low BMI of 19 was $2,500. With a BMI of 25, which is considered overweight, it was twenty, almost $2,900. And with a BMI of 33, which is deemed obese, the cost was $3,500. So that's quite a bit of um, that's quite a bit of difference. So the risk of illness starts increasing, you know, from the lower end of normal weight, and it just keeps going on. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of add-ups. Now, what's the best free help that you can ask for, you know, how about maintaining a food diary? That's been consistently shown to work. And in a 2012 study of the Journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, they found that participants who kept a a food journal lost six pounds more than those who didn't. Other help that could be worth paying for, again, is, um, you know, you may want to to have a cost-effective weight loss or meal replacement uh, program and the there's many different programs out there so you definitely want to check that out of course uh, smoking is a real no-no lighting up burns a big hole in your wallet if you buy a seven dollar pack of cigarettes a day you're spending two thousand five hundred and fifty five dollars a year and over 20 years that tab skyrockets to ninety four thousand dollars that's assuming prices rise by six percent and of course there's higher health care costs that deepen that financial damage and that's not just lung cancer there's other cancers and there's many other conditions that are tied to smoking which includes you know heart disease strokes diabetes etc so uh, what the uh, American Cancer Society says is that tobacco related health care costs are thirty five dollars for every pack of cigarettes that you smoke. So, ugh, really think about that. So you definitely want to get off of that. Now, staying sharp. We were talking about memory before. So we got to really focus on staying sharp. You've done a great job planning, you know, planning your life, and hopefully you're planning, you know, to live a long life and you're putting money away for retirement. Even if you're in your 20s, you know, it may seem like it's a long ways away, but the reality is, Nothing is really a long ways away. It, yeah, it's not a long ways away. So uh, you've got to focus on things. Financial literacy declines by about 1.5% point a year after age 60. So the best things you can do is, uh, besides the exercises, is to read a lot, to uh, keep your mind active, and, uh, you know, just to continue doing whatever kind of crossword puzzles and free uh, brain games. You don't have to buy special things to do it. 
And the next thing I just want to talk about before we close is to stress less about money. In surveys, Americans cite money and work as the top causes of stress, and that becomes a vicious cycle because when you're stressed, it hurts your job performance. The more anxious you are, the more distracted you are, and the more ill-prepared you are for work. So stress triggers other unhealthy behaviors, again, including smoking, excessive drinking, overeating, all of that. So the best thing is to be mindful. Be mindful. And then when you're like that, that is going to contribute to your bottom line. Because when you're positive and upbeat, people want to be around you. When people want to be around you, they're willing to pay pay for you to be there. And, you know, this just create your own pocket health coach. And remember to get more sleep because when you have a good night's sleep, you're going to be uh, more alert and you're going to be better on the job and you'll be able to say on the job, hey, I would like to take on that assignment, you know, and when your boss sees that you are ready and willing, then they very often are excited to boost your salary a bit as well. So that's our show for today. We hope that you will treasure your friends forever, that you will boost your memory with some of the tips and techniques, and you will stay healthy to be wealthy. You've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information on Star Style Productions, visit us at CynthiaBryan.com. To get information or make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this radio show, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to bring you the most up-to-date information and to encourage you, empower you, inspire you, you know, and hopefully give you some laughs along the way. We want you to celebrate every moment of your life and to realize that you already have everything you need to be the writer, producer, star of your own life. Until next week, when we celebrate again right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This has been Star Style Radio. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. We'll be together next week from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Until then, dream, create, inspire, and mostly make a difference. Thank you for joining me. The star you are, the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.